Good morning, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. I'm so glad you guys are here. Uh, today, I'm going to be talking a little bit about what I've been working on for the last several weeks for MomStrong International. It's the topic of identity. It's the reason why we're struggling so much, I think, in the church right now and Christians struggling. What does God say about who we are and how can we find our identity in Him? Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, I hope you guys are having a good week. I've been uh, thinking a lot about, you know, back to school. When I, whenever I drive into the studio now, you know, I'm stuck behind like 700 school buses. So I started praying for the school buses on my way uh, into the studio. A lot of things happening uh, around the country, certainly with regard to what's, you know, the the political atmosphere, which is just on fire right now. So many things going on in the church. Uh, in fact, I was reading this morning on the forums at MomStrong International. I was trying to get back to it on my phone. I'm looking at it right now. But there was a woman who tagged me in a post at the MomStrong International forums and her son is a student at the University of Portland. He went into the library and prominently displayed there was uh, a book called The Queer Bible Commentary. And on the front of it is a picture of Mary Magdalene. And uh, it looks like Mary in an embrace on the front of this Bible. And she said she was just so heartbroken over what is happening, you know, in the culture, which seems to be in rapid decline. And I guess, uh, you know, I'm coming on the show today, obviously, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about insecurity. I've been writing this. I've got, you know, all kinds of notes uh, that I've been taking, just getting ready to publish this new Bible study for MomStrong International, just taking you guys on a on a little bit of a deep dive into what God says about human beings, because the creator certainly knows his creation and having a creator changes everything. If we believe that we have a creator and uh, and we want to understand his heart and design for us, then the best way to do that is through the pages of scripture and to understand uh, what God says. But the fact is, and I know a lot of you are discouraged and frustrated and and uh, and I, I know I get it. Uh, uh, there are a lot of things happening that are discouraging and frustrating, but I don't believe that we're living in, you know, the worst time in human history. I mean, a lot of times we forget that we actually are living in one of the best times in terms of what we have access to in terms of medical care, although that's getting pretty sketchy and, and, you know, as COVID rolls along and we can talk about that another time, but the medical uh, industry really is on its head in light of what the government shutdowns did to uh, medicine and to medical institutions. And now we watch all these woke doctors and everything. But even in light of all of that, we're still better off than we were in uh, the days of Paul, for example. You know, when the Bible was written, Christians were being killed for sport. You know, most of the disciples were martyred for their faith. And in fact, this was the case for, of Christians and has been uh, throughout history. And while it looks, you know, to us, as we see what's happening in the culture around us and it's discouraging, I get that. I want to just remind you that God's word doesn't change. It's one of the reasons why I'm so committed to studying it and to teaching it, to bring you along to remember that we are who God says we are. And the Bible is clear. One of these days, the Lord is going to return and he's going to set things right. And in the waiting, which is where we are right now, in the waiting, 
we're called to walk with him. We're called to listen for his voice. It's one of the things that I passionately pray for my children, that they would have their own walk with the Lord, that they would be listening for the sound of his voice so that when my voice isn't there and when their father's voice isn't there, they have fostered a relationship with Jesus that allows them to listen to the Holy Spirit in whatever decision they're uh, making. And the same thing is true of us. So I'm going to to for for today and maybe a little bit next week too. Uh, we'll see how it goes because I have some great guests coming on next week. And of course, Monday is Mailbox Monday. So we've got, I've got a, a great lineup for you guys starting next week. But I'm going to be talking for the month for sure of October about identity in Christ. And I sat down the other day and had, you know, sketched out an outline. I I write these Bible studies in very similar format to how I write a book. You know, I like to whiteboard things, just sort of dump things out onto a a whiteboard or a piece of paper. And I'm kind of an old school author. Sometimes you guys ask, you know, how do I write books? Well, I sketch them out. You can kind of see you know, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, this is my sketch out right here for uh, for the for the study and identity that I'm that I'm getting ready to teach over at Momstar International. So I want to give you guys the opportunity. Uh, right now, we're doing a great study on Scripture. Uh, on the topic of scripture at MomStrong International. And then next month, starting uh, on October, the first Monday in October, I will begin teaching on identity. And we're going to be calling that series. You know, my my daughter and I were talking about, you know, the I write down lots of different names and what I, what I, um, and then I kind of go through and pray over them and talk to people. And I think we're going to call this study Imago Dei, which means the image of God created, known, and loved. That's who... The Bible says that we are. And so today I'm going to read to you a few verses just talking about our identity in Christ and who God says that we are. So much of what we're hearing in the news, you know, certainly uh, gender dysphoria, and we're, I'm going to be teaching on this right in October, so I'm not going to jump into it all today. But uh, dysphoria you you have all heard the word euphoria, right? It's this um, it's the state of just being overjoyed, you know, kind of blissful. Well, if euphoria is the state of being overjoyed and uh, and happy, then dysphoria is the opposite of that. So dysphoria meaning that you're that you're plagued by something. And so when you hear someone talk about gender dysphoria, while I see this through the lens of scripture, and it goes back to the topic of identity, I see it through the lens of scripture, right? The Bible says that God created us male and female. But if you listen to someone who is struggling with gender dysphoria, and I've talked to several people who are dealing with this, and there's a whole bunch of theories out there as to why this is happening. Um, I have my own, you know, uh, theory on, on why we're seeing so much of it. So much of this is coming from the school system now. It's like a fad, right? It's hip to be queer, you know? It's hip to have gender dysphoria. Somebody like Bruce Jenner, who normalized this on the cover of Vogue magazine now several years ago, and we've seen an incredibly sharp increase in the rise of people who say that they're struggling with their gender identity or their sexual identity. And from the lens of scripture, it's very clear that God made us male and female in his image. Nowhere in scripture uh, is gender ever referenced as being on a so-called continuum or uh, 
being fluid. Certainly you don't see this anywhere in scripture. God is very clear, but we live in a fallen world. And as much as we see our young people, especially struggling with their identity uh, sexually, their gender identity, certainly, I think that Christians can come at this from a position of compassion and say, listen, we live in a broken, fallen world. And it makes sense that this is yet another area in which we are experiencing brokenness. But the Bible is very clear that God loves us the way that we are. Romans 15 verse 7 says, you will bring God glory when you accept and welcome one another as partners, just as the anointed one has accepted you and received you fully. God loves you. Uh, And I want people who listen to this show to know that they are loved. We are loved with our with our flaws and our weaknesses, our weaknesses and opportunity to bring glory to the Lord. Because when when we become saved, when we accept Jesus, the Bible says we become a new creation. It says, behold, the, the old things have passed away and all things have become new. And so from the moment you accept Christ, you you enter into this process with the Holy Spirit that we call sanctification, meaning my becoming more like Jesus. And God sees us with our warts and everything, with our with our struggles. And so when we talk about the issue of identity, if we talk about uh, things like um, body dysmorphia or uh uh, gender uh, uh, dysphoria, you know, people who are struggling. I have been more recently, as I'm talking to people about this topic and people are writing into me, the Lord has really given me much more compassion for the suffering that is being inflicted. And it certainly it's coming through uh, indoctrination. There's so many reasons why this is in the culture right now. But we have to be honest about the fact that it involves human suffering, and that should cause us to have compassion. And so we don't sacrifice truth on the altar of mercy. We continue to tell the truth, but we've got to tell the truth in such a way that the hearer can receive it. And so as I wrote about uh, identity, I really started from a place of saying, listen, we're a culture right now, obviously, uh, in crisis. And how did we get here? And I think one of the main ways that we have arrived where we are, and we're going to unpack this at MomStrong International. Uh, I hope you guys will join me there. And you can you can sign up today, just momstronginternational.com and, uh, and get involved in that community of Bible study there where we really will unpack this. But we, we're in the situation, I think, in many regards. And I'm talking about outside of the issues around gender identity and all the garbage that's being shoved onto our children right now, we're here because the church is in a weakened state. We have, we've decided that theology is no longer important. You know, we come to church and we're really into our worship sets and our, you know, fog machines and making sure that the church is as hip as it could possibly be, but we're no longer teaching good doctrine where we haven't focused on doctrine and theology the church is really the the modern church in many respects has really moved away from that and it's injuring us because as we've moved away from good teaching in our churches we've moved away from absolute truth and now we look at truth as if it were subjective and so like oprah winfrey would say you know my truth is my truth and your truth is your truth well we're never going to understand who we are especially in a culture that's in so much crisis and so much uh, i mean we've got uh, a cultural dysphoria, right? Who in the world are we anyway? Well, we moved away from absolute truth and we are surrounded by lies. And I've said this a hundred times. I'm going to say it again today. Bold lies, which is what we're living through in the culture right now. Bold lies can only be countered with bold truth. 
That means you are required, according to God's word, to study, to show yourself an approved workman who does not need to be ashamed. In other words, when the world comes to you with a question, God says, be ready with an answer. And we have the opportunity right now as Christians to study what God says about these things so that we can be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within us. Because whether we're struggling with our identity from a position of, you know, where I came from in my past or mistakes that I've made or insecurity issues that I have, it doesn't necessarily always have to be. I mean, the culture is fixated on gender dysphoria and gender identity and uh, body uh, uh, dysmorphia and all these things right now, but it doesn't have to be those specific things. We struggle with our identity in Christ all the time. And I believe that when we are in this, this cultural place, which we are right now, it really leads to insecurity. And when we don't find our security in Christ alone, the only antidote to this is to know that we are who God says that we are. And so you know, starting with a weakened church and then moving into a departure from absolute truth, which then leads to disobedience, because if we don't know what God says, then we're going to disobey. Here's a great example. I heard a woman the other day talking, you know, basically giving an excuse why she married an unbelieving man. So here's this woman. She's a Christian, been a Christian her whole life. She she um, falls in love with a man who's not a believer and she said that God told her that he would eventually become a Christian. And so she she was free to marry him. And I said to her, God is never going to tell you to do something that's contrary to his word. So if we don't know God's word, we're going to be, we're going to start disobeying, right? If we don't, or, you know, we allow ourselves to just do whatever it is that we think is right in our own eyes, which the Bible says exactly. Uh, this is Paul's admonition to Timothy, right? A time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound teaching, but they will do whatever their itching ears want to hear. And that's what I said to this woman. I said, this is your itching ears telling you what you want to hear. It certainly isn't God. But when we in the church refuse to talk about these things, when we refuse to say, this is what God says, and we depart from the absolute truth of scripture, then disobedience is a sure result. And after that, of course, is rebellion. And so I think also we've lost a connection in in the country certainly in the culture and absolutely in the church, we're missing that in-person connection. I'm doing something different and I'll be writing about it and probably talking about it uh, on the show with you guys in the months to come. But I've been really fascinated lately and probably, you know, in light of my run for Congress when I, when I was done, I mean, it was 18 months of being gone out of my home, you know, at least six nights a week, sometimes seven nights a week. And uh, I've spent the last six weeks just trying to get my life back in terms of, you know, I cleaned out, you guys know me. I mean, I cleaned out my garage. I made several trips to the dump. I I went through all of my um, my kitchen cupboards and I took out, if, if it was an extra bowl, I got rid of it, you know, just trying to, to pare down a little bit, but just trying to find that connection again with my role as a mom and a wife. And I've been studying Shabbat, the Jewish tr- tradition of these Friday night meals, and obviously, as a as a uh, as a Christian, I would not participate in something called you know in, in Shabbat because I was compelled to do it under the law. But boy, I'm studying the benefits of you know a Friday night meal, and so I I messaged my kids, you know, in a big uh, giant text message because there's so many of them now with their spouses and. Our family's very large. And I messaged my family and I said, what would you guys think if dad and I hosted Shabbat meals on Friday nights? And you could come if you come and and um, if you can't make, that's fine. But 
you know, when I'm not traveling and speaking somewhere, I'd like to open my home and start inviting people over, leave your cell phone at the door and let's reconnect. Because so much of what we're having, what I think what we're going through right now is a lack of, it certainly is a lack of connection. We've lost the connection. We're on our phones. We're, uh, we're yelling at each other on social media. And so I thought I'm going to, so, and I will keep you guys posted because I really do. I'm very, very interested to see where the Lord uh, takes it as we commit to uh, getting together and just having meals with each other, I think it's going to be a wonderful opportunity to connect and to find that connection again. And in, in doing so, we also find, again, our sense of identity. I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be right back. So I took my break later in the show today, so I only have just a few minutes left in today's show. But I want to um, finish kind of what I was talking about before the break and remind you that the only way that we will really ever know who we are in Christ is to change our thinking. The Bible says that we are called as believers to study God's word, to know what God says, to dig deep into the rich soil of the word of God, and then just ask the Lord, hey, um, sh- show me who I am uh, according to your word. So I want to read to you today in the last few minutes that we have just some verses that will remind you of your identity in Christ. For those of you who've become born again, uh, the Bible says in the gospel of First John that you are now a child of God. You have been adopted. One of the things that I'm so excited about this study is I'm going to take you. So week one, we're going to talk about a culture in crisis. How did we get here? How do we renew our minds and change our thinking? Uh, and then in week two, we're going to be talking um, a little bit about gender uh, identity and the the different identities that, you know, God actually cares about our identity. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, uh, the Bible says that when we accept Christ, we become a new creature, a brand new identity, with new calling, new gifts, new passions. God wants to work uh, in your life. He wants to be a central part, a central component of uh, your life going forward after you accept the Lord as your as your Savior. So I'm very, very excited about this. Uh, week three, I'm looking at my notes. Uh, that's going to be studying the Imago Dei, the image of God. What does it mean that humans have been made in the image of God? It sets us apart. We're not like the animals, right? So uh, forget what you hear from PETA. I saw a, an article the other day, a bunch of crazy vegans sitting in front of the, the, uh, the milk section at the grocery store. Wouldn't let anybody get milk or yogurt or anything because, you know— uh, they're upset about it. We've equated ourselves in the culture, and I we can trace this back to evolution, certainly in our public school system, which says that humans and animals are the same thing and that we're evolved. And, uh, you know, we were once monkeys and really now we're just evolved animals. But the Bible actually has a very different, tells a very different story about human beings and that we are made in the image of God. So we're going to study what that looks like. And finally, on week four, we're going we're gonna to find out what it means to live out our identity in Christ with joy. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 14, that we are the salt of the earth. And you guys, if if the salt loses its saltiness, uh, Jesus said, it's, it's really good for nothing but to be trampled underfoot. We are the ambassadors that God has placed in this season to remind people that what the Bible says in John 15, verse nine is true. We are loved. We have a creator and having a creator 
changes everything. According to John 17, 17, the Bible says that we are to be sanctified, uh, meaning we we become more like Christ. We're sanctified by the truth. Where we find the truth, we find it in the word of God. John 17, verse 15 says that we are protected from the evil one. Does that mean that we won't experience suffering? No, we experience suffering because of the fall. Sin is in the world. So before the fall, we were made in the image of God, meaning we, uh, we were uh, immortal. We weren't going to experience death. We weren't going to experience sickness, right? Uh, because sin had not entered the world. When sin entered the world through Adam uh, and through Adam's sin, then all human beings from then on have experienced suffering. We experienced sickness. We experienced death. And the Bible says that we are protected from the evil one. What does that mean in a world where we experience these things, these, uh, suffering and sorrow and death? I can't wait to get to heaven where the Bible says there's going to be no more tears and no more suffering. But we are protected. Our souls are protected. And we don't need to live in fear. It's one of the reasons why I have so passionately said for the last three years since these ridiculous wicked, evil lockdowns and the fear that's been perpetrated against the church, we do not live in fear as Christians, or we should not live in fear. The Bible says in Isaiah 61, 1, that we're free from darkness. We've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. We're forgiven. We're beloved by God, justified by faith, not forsaken, uh, and no longer, according to Romans 6, verse 6, a slave to sin. We are. We have died to the old things. In other words, we don't have to be driven by our sin anymore through the power of the Holy Spirit. This all has to do with our identity in Christ. It's way bigger than just male and female, which we can make an excellent case for in Scripture. God wants us to not just live a life that where we just uh, are surviving. He wants us to thrive an abundant life. Uh, this is this is who we are. We are heirs of God and rescued by Jesus, according to 1 Thessalonians 1.10. And so I want you to be encouraged today as we go into the weekend thinking, you know what? I, I am loved. Do your children know how loved they are? Do your grandchildren know how loved they are? Listen, mom and dad, you can't pass on what you don't possess. And so as we go into the weekend, I'm going to encourage you like I always do, love your people well and spend some time this weekend, just talking to the one who made you. Lord, who do you say that I am? He loves you. We're going to spend uh, quite a bit of time in the months to come just talking on a more regular basis about what, what it means to have our identity in Christ. And I hope it encourages you and blesses you because the culture might be in crisis, but the church does not have to be. I hope that that encourages you. That is all that I've got time for today. Thanks for letting me go a little bit longer today. I also want to thank you guys for leaving reviews for the show over at iTunes and for supporting this ministry financially. You can do that by going to the show notes today, or you can send me correspondence in the mail at Heidi St. John, Care of Firmly Planted Family, 11100 Northeast 34th Circle, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. We love you guys. Have a great weekend. Love your people well. And I will see you back here on Monday at the intersection of faith and culture.